Welcome to It's Not The Length podcast. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. Hello, Ben. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, just uh, what a year it's been already. How's your surfing life going and your life in general? What's uh, your vibe? And um, yeah, um, how's your stoke levels? Stoke levels, well, are pretty low given that we're in a yeah, pretty complete lockdown. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm keeping in touch with the surfing world. I'm talking to people. I'm watching a lot of surfing. I had a little surf trip just before Christmas. Got some good waves down here in the UK, which was good. So yeah, I mean, I'm going rev- to give myself a 6 out of 10, Paul. What about you? Everything's fine here. Uh, I've been enjoying uh, some nature bathing. been hugging some trees. Um, I mainly hug a tree called uh, L'Ancien, as the, some old lady told me it's called. It just means the old one. Uh, we call it the Hearn Oak. Obviously named it after Berkshire's sort of uh, animistic sort of deity from the Middle Ages. Uh, been surfing a bit, um, and yeah, just a bit of, bit of bird watching. We've had some fucking gnarly storms, but now it's sort of turned out a bit mild and, and a bit nice. We even had a couple of surfs. Ben, would you like to hear about an accidental tube that I got? Would you like to hear it? Yeah, yeah, lo- lo- I love to, Paul. Uh, picture the sesh, Evans, Estanio. On the Gracie 7.5 single fin egg. Uh, also in my crew, Andy Higgins. He came up, uh, made me wait ages for him and then got there. And I was already in my wedding, wanted to like, goes, shall we check it? I was like, no, put your fucking wetsuit on. Let's talk, let's talk and walk. He kind of wanted to chat. I was like, yeah, wedding on, talk and walk. Anyway, he lasted about 10 minutes, but I stayed out. It was fun peaks, quite a lot of crew. Um, and yeah, as the title of the anecdote suggests, I got an accidental tube. I took off a little bottom turn and without really meaning to, I was just in the classic Evan sort of stance. Um, I got tunneled, Ben, in, in the, in this nice little round left. And there was this girl paddling out, just looking at me. I was looking at her. She was looking back at me. Um, and I came out of the tube stoked as you like, and I straightened out and went straight in. So it was like, I was kind of getting towards the end of my sesh, but I wasn't at the end. And then I just, just like, oh, that's it. It's like, kind of like, on the, you know, on the North Shore and people surf pipe or maybe even off the wall. And then they get a good one and they kind of, you know, straighten out and lie down prone in. I did that and I was so stoked. Hi, I'm Jeremy Flores and you're listening to Paul Evans and uh, Ben Mundy's podcast. Actually, I'm not too sure if you should listen to Ben Mundy. <laughs> uh, and then I had a had a good longboard session down in Beeritz. I went to Beeritz, I haven't been there for... I think about a year at least. Um, I, well, I went to the, maybe the airport once last summer, but I went out to Beeritz, did a little bit, a little bit of journalistic work, and then I had a good log sesh at Cote de Basque with my man Adrian Toyon, who's just back from Reunion Island, straight into it, like two degree air, and he had his log, I had my log, and we we did logging. Um, there was snow on the mountains in the background, which is beautiful. There's quite a lot of loggers out. Um, I went to I got France. I squeezed in a France Asia little mission. Nice. I texted I texted Dog Marsh who didn't reply, and he called me about eight days later. and said, <laughs> "Oh, you text." I was like, oh, "Whatever." For, um, for, yeah. for those people that don't know the uh, geography of the Basque French country, Baritz is about what a half hour drive, forty mm, minutes probably. Nah, d- yeah, 20, 20, 25 <laughs> I reckon. Twenty five minute drive um, from Hosiga. Uh, a lot of the the best waves are in Hosiga, and that's where all other surfers, such as Paul and the industry, live. And but they don't 
they don't travel to Berit, the 25 minutes down down there because, well, I don't know, because of the restaurants and the bars and the, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems to be a just a step too far sometimes, doesn't it, Paul, to actually travel was, to Beirut? It was like going to fucking Paris. My mind was blown. <laughs> I was just driving there. Like, the buildings look amazing. Everything looks so nice. It's like loads of all different people kind of dressed up. Like, whoa. It's just like the full kind of urban experience. I mean, obviously all the restaurants and that shut, but still really, really beautiful. Um, yeah, and good, yeah, good time. Um, good, fun little waves. Uh, the logging scene is alive and well. You'd be pleased to know at Cote de Bastille. Yeah, good. Yeah, that. Mainly just people going straight in. You don't really go along the way that no. much. You kind of go, kind of go in on the whitewater a bit. It's always sort of reforming. And I'll probably say, I'll probably say I took it out. Actually, I think Toyon was trying to concentrate a bit too much on his cross stepping, which. It's a little bit kind of, I think, I find it a bit perfunctory. Whereas Evans is more just on a, more of a kind of a freestyle interpretation. So I was, do, I, think... I, was doing, I was doing more like what I would call body jives. I was kind of body jiving on the lovely. So I was doing like the sort of stand up straight and then bend down and then stand up and then kind of like jerky but smooth. And uh, I think we both agreed that I, I took it out. So that's cool. And did you, after you surf, sort of get the, you know, get your clobber on, get all fancy outfit sit on that on the um the coat to basketball uh sea barrier there it's quite a quite a wide sea barrier so you can actually sit quite comfortably and like write something in your journal or um, that's exactly exactly what happened i had a little flask of um herbal tea as well nice. hickson came down my man hickson i caught up with him wow yeah Crikey. hickson i know I had a little I had a little chat with him he didn't quite have time to surf but i, I told him about my sesh and uh, a great time great times had by all very I good, thought, very I did good. feel like a bit of a ledge because 20 seconds after getting out of the van, first person I saw, I knew, can't remember her name, there's that girl that used to do the QS or something. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I haven't been here for a year, but I'm, I'm still a local. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it was fun, mate. I really enjoyed it. Beer is this nice, bit far away, and way too, way too many people driving around in their stupid cars. Idiots, but um, it was good. Um, in other sort of wellness news, Ben, you'd be pleased to know I've been um, been doing a little bit of Hoff. Obviously, um, I went round to our mate Toby's the other day and went in his hammam, went in his Didier hammam. He's got a Turkish steam bath. It's about sixteen degrees. It's fucking so hot. I thought I was gonna die. Then we got out, went in his pool. Obviously, unheated. His outdoor pool is about eight degrees in the pool. So I jumped in the pool. Oh fuck hell! And then, guess what? Back in the hammam. Oh, man. I drove home. I felt about 15 kilos lighter. I just felt like I'd sweated. I'd been hot. I'd been cold. I felt brilliant. And then I got the... Uh, well, I went to the garage on the way back. got the bill for the van repairs. And then felt, felt a bit heavier again. <laughs> but for a while there, I was, I was doing good. Doing good. How's your wellness regime? Are you, are you breathing? Are you, are you meditating? Um... Are you doing any hot, cold, hot, cold? I'm not so much into the sort of, you know, the latest trends, Paul, and mm-hmm. such as yourself or not, you know, I just, I just do my, I'm doing my, you know, my good 25 minutes yoga with Adrienne every day, just make sure that's a staple. And, What's uh, that? Oh, she's just like an online YouTube person that does free yoga, so you just log on and she does 30 day courses and it's so like 25 minutes every day, so I've been doing that every day and a dog walk and that's pretty much my, um my sort of fitness regime i mean i'm pretty much ready for anything given that um but i did get a um i got a surf in just before christmas paul i Tell went down 
Yeah, there was a big swell. It was like uh, it was a big storm surf just around my birthday, around the 18th of December, I think. It was like 20, 20 second period, like 15 foot at 20 second period. Um, and so I bolted down to the coast, the North Devon coast on my own. I'm a Pat Malone. And I got up at like 4.30 in the morning. I hit, um, it's a left-hander down there that breaks. So you need that type of period swell and that type of size and then you've got to have tides below one metre. So it breaks every like eight to nine years, I think. Um, but I got there and got out. It's a place called, you're not supposed to name it, but fuck it, you know, what, what can you do? It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the coast. Uh, yeah, I know it. A bold, you've surfed it, you know it. Um, you know, boulder line point. Uh, actually really good and i went up to the very very end it was sort of a solid crowd because it, it's so, so rare and everyone's onto it um and there's probably 15 20 guys out at this the, the far end i paddled out and you know what i did paul i went straight to the inside obviously as i as oh, i tend to <laughs> as i tend to do but i waited i waited and i gave i gave you know the guys the first few couple of sets i was just taking my time you know what my plan was to shut the crowd up paul you know, like in a football game where you, um, you know, when the if you get on the front foot and the home crowd's pretty raw, because if you, you know if you score a goal or if you you get possession, you shut the crowd up. That was my plan. Sure enough, first wave, uh, I was in the spot, took off, and I didn't get accidentally barreled, Paul. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> I got fucking properly. I'm calling a three second. I would even say up to four second tube, Paul. A proper throaty barrel. Didn't think I was going to make it. Came out, shut the crowd right up, paddled back out. Didn't even smile. Just did that kind of, you know, just just acknowledge that you know there's a new sheriff in town kind of thing. <laughs> one guy said, "Ah, uh, one guy said, um, oh man, that was that's the best tube I've ever seen this way." And I was like, "Yeah." He said, "Well, you you've been in Indo." I said, "I've been in Tunbridge Wells, buddy. I've been in Tunbridge Wells." And then, um, yeah, of course, so the next three waves, I um, I felt went over the falls. Um, so I sort of let the crowd back into it somewhat, but um, yeah, I had a really good surf. And then the next day, um, or that afternoon, I went down and surfed another wave and a little left hander. Um, fuck it, not supposed to call it. I did, and it was yeah, it was six eight foot. It was really fun. Our good mate Ruben Ash was out there. I had a chat to him. He was ripping as always, and I got some good waves. And I surfed it again the next day. Stayed overnight and got it next day like six foot and offshore and clean. I was yeah, I was loving life. Um, it was so good. I went and bought myself a wetsuit, Paul. Um, right, which okay. I, where did you? Couple of questions. Where did you stay? I stayed in a um, pub at uh, Bude because this was just on your own. You just got yeah, it's on mine. Just for one, just did sick. it, mate. Good surf yeah. trip. Yeah, it was a pretty sick surf trip. I went and bought a wetsuit though. They're actually, they're expensive. I haven't bought one since um, uh, two th- uh, 1999 before I started working at Tracks. So um, yeah, I found that a bit of a a bit of a hit to the wallet. I actually bought a five four three proper wetsuit, so I was nice and toasty, and I uh, got some great waves. So mate, I was I was sort of I was stoked, and I um I tallied up. So the the I reckon the wetsuit cost me three hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> uh, the petrol cost me a hundred quid. The night accommodation, dinner, and odds and sods probably cost me a hundred. Um, I got two car fines driving back, so that was two hundred. Speeding. Uh, speeding, yeah. Oh no, one going down, one coming back. That's another two hundred quid. So the, the whole surf, three surfs, cost me seven hundred and fifty quid. So <laughs> about about, <laughs> about the equivalent of two weeks in G Land. But mate, um, 
They do call yeah. it easy come, easy go Monday, though. You're always, always, <laughs> always like, shelling out the cash, mate, aren't you? You can't, um, you can't put a price on a, on a three-second tube. Well, you fucking can, 750 quid. But anyway, I had a good time and uh, okay. felt like I was a surfer again. Couple of other questions. Uh, six four Medina models, round square tail. Ah, oh, bang on, Paolo, bang on. <laughs> um, the board. Of Anyone else on any any Medina models? Or is no, it just I you? Didn't, didn't see one Medina model out there. Did not see one. Any As any minute, any minute now though that all those articles you've been doing on on Cambianca, on WorldSurfLeague.com and other places in, mm. in return for a free board, that's going to pay off. I'm sure the orders oh, will come sure. in. The orders will, yeah. Uh, and other question, uh, it must be shit having your birthday next to Christmas. Uh, it's a double-edged That's sword. shit, mate. Paul. No, it's not. It's a, it's a single-edged shit. Um, well, the only upside is that everyone's on the piss and on holidays, so everyone's up for it, for celebrating. Everyone's happy anyway. Yeah, everyone's like not working, they're like Christmas mode. It's like, yeah, let's kick yourself with a bang. But yeah, you get shit presents and no one really cares about your birthday. But, you know, there's not much I can do about that, Paul. It really At isn't. least yours is before. What's worse is like when it's like the 27th of December. It's just like the fucking oh, worst day. Ever. That is the worst. No yeah, that is shit. Everyone's really hungover, get... tired. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. It's quite hard to get the crowd up for that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good. Well, and yeah, just and that, I'm pleased you got your shred. I'm speaking of expensive stoke. Um as I said, there's quite a lot of snow around here. There's loads. There's a wicked video of two dudes skiing down La Rune. You know, the big mountain that kind of overlooks Biarritz. Or it's not a big mountain. It's just the one that's right there. But um, so there's, there's snow quite low. And obviously the, all the chairlifts and all that are closed in France. But you are allowed to go up there. But just the lifts and the resorts are... Well, the resorts are open, but the chairlifts are shut. Um, but you can either risk it by going to Baquera in Spain... Or you can hire snowshoes, raclettes, and kind of hike in up the coals and, and do it that way. You sort of, you know, get a, an hour and a half hike if you know where you're going. And then you're just in the pow, mate. You're in fucking 50 centimetres of pow, just floating. Uh, I haven't done it, but I heard they're fining people 600 euros if you get rumble coming back from Baquera. Uh, so, yeah, obviously I haven't done that. But I'm thinking about it. I did talk to Dog and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to get up there and, doing, and ride in the frozen wave, Ben. Get, get up there, mate. That way. Get the split yeah. board. Yeah, I just, I just kind of want to go up and like, sleep in the van with the dog by a kind of a, by a snowy lake, you know, and just hear the owls hooting and sort of sort of light a fire and just kind of sort of want to do that more than I actually want to go boarding, you know, but let's see. It's let's called riding, Paul. Only kooks yeah. call it boarding. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, let's see what happens with that. Um, shall we? There's been quite a lot to talk about in the in the surf world, Ben. Shall we get into some good bads? Crack on. Ben, what have you got that's... Jamie O'Brien, which is... Uh, not a, a word I thought I'd say is good, but Jamie O'Brien, he's he's a recent clip. He um he went left at Waimea, and uh, I just I, I kind of enjoyed it, and I just think that Jamie O'Brien is just he's just he's just worn me down, just through sheer kind of maybe it's just perseverance. He's just non-stop, and eventually I think I've just said you know what I'm not fighting this anymore, and um yeah I just quite enjoyed his little he got bowed at Waimea. 
and it going left, which is a bit of a novelty, but it's got some serious impact. If you've ever surfed Waimea, they make it look easy, but it's quite, it's quite um it's quite scary. And uh, it also had me th- thinking just a bit about like shit waves off good waves. Usually lefts, I find. I got I got a real thing for that, like going left at sunset, or like Velsieland. Sam Crazy Carrier, classic Crazy oh. Carrier. I remember being on the North Shore and seeing us with Kingy. I remember us watching Crazy on quite a solid day, going left and thinking, fuck, oh, he's a bit mad. <laughs> Turns out he is, and his nickname's literally Crazy. <laughs> you can do it at uh, Guterre as well. It's got a pretty crazy left, sort of similar style. But, you know, I just I always get a bit of a kick out of um, sort of, sort of yeah those waves that you shouldn't really go they're either not as good or they've got some inherent danger like sort of paddling back out of some some issue even at my locals points at dudley point and leggy point which are just out and out right handers if you sneak a little left in you feel like you're um i don't know a bit of a rebel i don't know do you, do you, do you get that feeling you ever ever done that paul it tends to be goofies that like to go left on rights <laughs> and it more than the other way around yeah. some exceptions i'm thinking i think yeah dora basically qualified by going left at Ribeira Dilius, didn't he? He needed, there was like 10 seconds to go and he needed a two. And he took, took off on a bit of white water and went left into the rocks and did a little air reverse. And I think he I, that sort of qualified him for the CT. So there's I'm, that. Um, yeah. I, I remember, um, was it Kelly started going right at Chopu and getting barreled? No, sorry. Yeah, going right at Chopu. Remember that one? He didn't get the score, but it was pretty close. Kind of blew the judges' minds. I just didn't know how to quite um, cope with it. Chris anyway. Ward, Chris Ward at Mandaka. I remember <laughs> yeah. some old stuff of Chris Ward on the right. I mean, the right is quite good at high at high tide. The right's the better wave. Sounds like a strange thing. So sometimes you get those sort of angry bodyboarders that go the right. Yeah, that little rip um, right almost. But hey, you know, you gotta gotta get what what you can. Exactly, Paul. What have you got? Mm. My my goods are sort of mainly sort of photographic based this time out, Ben. Um, I've, that's, I, that's, um, good, that's good for a podcast. Yeah, uh, I'd like to talk about a sort of phenomenon which used to be a personal favour of mine, kind of has gone away, but the accidental lineup. And I used to sort of, sort of actively sort of search out the accidental lineup. So, you know, you're looking in your geography books or whatever, and there's something about like different sedimentary rocks or whatever, and there's like a little three foot out the back at a beach break. Um, or maybe it was, you know, something on TV, country file or whatever, out in Wales or Devon or something, there'd be like, Waves in the background, so I, I love a um, I love an accidental lineup. The reason I sort of got thinking about that is that there's a it's been really stormy here, and this boat got uncovered. A big old metal, big steamer thing got kind of no one knew it was there, but the sand washed away and it revealed this boat. So obviously there's a photo of it in the local in the local paper, the Sudwest, or on their website. However, they've sent their photographer down there from Dax to get a picture. It's an absolutely firing right-hander out the back. One of those kind of ones you get in winter where you get that sort of sand island where you, like, jump in, paddle, then you sort of walk for a bit because it goes kind of dry and you just plop off the end into the lineup. And there's a sick, like, look, it looks like mixed snake. You know, it's Nacho's wave in... It's like, it, it's <laughs> that out the back. But they've accidentally put it in the frame. I mean, it's almost not in, but it, it looks it looks pretty mental. Um and I, I love an accidental lie, but I just think, you know, in this time of kind of hardship and bleakness, I just like thinking, like, there is actually a surplus of waves, Ben. There, there's more waves than than people want to surf them. Do you know what I mean? It's sometimes easy to forget that. You think it's crowded and everyone's surfing the same places. But 
there are so many just sort of ways out there just breaking on their own with no one around. Hence, you know, that's evidenced by the fact you take a photo of a boat and guess what? It's firing out <laughs> the back. But, you know, I'm not including nighttime. I'm just talking daylight hours. There's a huge surplus of waves being unridden out there all the time. And that just gives me a little bit of comfort in, you know, otherwise quite sort of challenging times. Ben. Well, I'll tell you what's good. It's Peter Mel is good. We like, we like the Condor. The we work goat. with him. We, we commentate with him. He's part of the team. Well, should we have a word with him? I gave him a call. This is what he had to say. Hi, Paul. Yeah, Pete, how you doing? Yeah, things are good. Things are good. I, I, I'm kind of liking this home thing. I just got a few questions. No, Monday. Um, we don't need him. He only, he only slows me down anyway, so it's probably for, <laughs> it's, it's probably for the best. Tell us a little bit. Um, obviously, this winter, it's been, it's been a good one over there. You had, you had a good way back in December. Back, a little bit of background on the winter. How's, how's it all been going? Been doing plenty of surfing. Ton of it. Um, and, you know, even not the big days, it's just been nonstop. I mean, ever since December started, it, it has just been day after day after day in great conditions. That's the other part that's been so nice. I mean, generally wintertime, we get a lot of, you know, fronts that bring south winds, and that's not really that great for here. But um, there's been none of that. It's been just either glassy or light offshore or, um, you know, even northeast, which are generally usually fall type conditions, but we've just been having it all winter long. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> conditions after that La Nina, it sends a lot of that uh, energy north of us. So we get the swells, but uh, we keep the conditions optimum, which has been amazing. Really too, for here, you know, like uh, the water's been a little bit chilly, but you just put on a little extra rubber and you're fine. And I guess that first week, let's kind of think about January the 8th, that first week after after, well, first New Year after the holidays, a lot of people are feeling a bit, maybe they overate or, you know, whatever. It's kind of out of shape. You were obviously, you know, feeling pretty sprightly coming into that, coming into that session. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, it has to do with, I mean, a lot of reps. Um, you know, all through December, you know, there was a December 8th swell, which I really think is a, it was a catalyst for why, it, you know, that was feeling as comfortable as I was on the 8th of January. And, and another big part of it is the, uh, the inspiring of performances from John, you know, and, and that's why I've been up there more than anyone is this because, you know, selfishly, I'm not there to kind of help you know, make sure that he's supported um, and safe, you know, whether it be from water safety standpoint or, or just being there as dad. So that's really what inspired me to go every swell. I mean, he's the one who's like going, Oh, we going, it's going to be, it's going to be up, right. We're going, we're going. So, I've been there for that reason. And then, you know, we're taking turns watching each other's backs. And uh, so he's really good on a ski, which is, and he's had a lot of opportunities to kind of learn. You know, we had a toe, you know, there's been like, gosh, there was a, a big toe opportunity even before the eighth where he, and I think it was on Surfline where he came in and had to pick me up after a wave that I got smoked on. And so he's just been getting more and more confidence. And I think he's, he mentioned it the best of saying, oh yeah, I've gotten like 10 years of experience in, in just one season because we've had so many opportunities to serve it. But going back to why the eighth was so special, um, you know, on, on January is because again, all that opportunity, but I actually was watching some video from the December 8th day that, you know, that was when the first time we saw a Kai go and that's when Twiggy got his big one. And we, you know, we did a bunch of interviews from that too. But that day I was watching a bunch of video 
And I was like, man, you could be a little bit deeper and you could actually kind of backdoor the bowl and, you know, I start analyzing. And so on the 8th of January, I, I know I hadn't surfed all morning. John had been going, I'd been watching, doing water safety. And then I, I decided, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go catch a wave or so. And I'm going to paddle up about 20 feet deeper than I usually do on my lineups because I feel like if I can get there, then maybe I can backdoor it. And I just visualized this thing and all of a sudden the wave popped up and I dug for it. As soon as I stood up, I'm like, Ooh, this is a little deep, a little deep here, but you know, the opportunity is what I was talking about, you know, visualizing and, and it just came, came. I mean, the wave itself actually helped a lot too, because it turned and opened up and generally it, that wave doesn't do that. You know, I was just expecting to probably get pounded, but as soon as I got up into it, it just opened up into this glory, just stadium, which is awesome. <laughs> so I was really lucky. Just the clip is feels like really kind of rewatchable and rewatchable. It even starts off. I love the narration on the on the boat. I guess someone's like, "Oh, look at the condor!" as you're paddling in. That's John. Oh, yeah, the condor. Go, Was that the best wave in surfing ever? So, so it's John, it's John, Jamie Mitchell, and then uh, Kurt Myers, and they're all sitting together on three different skis, right? John's on my my ski or our ski, right? And then uh, you know Jamie Mitchell was sitting, I, I can't remember who he's sitting with. It might have been JoJo um, Roper, and then Kurt's on his own ski. So you kind of hear all of them yeah. right next to each other, and that's what I. You're right. I think that that clip as a whole. Um, <clears throat> It, it's built, it's like a little story, right? A 20 second story that <laughs> yeah. kind of uh, has a couple chapters in it. And it's, it, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty neat, even I get a little bit of a, a buzz watching it. So I think Jamie goes, oh my God, you get about, I guess you're kind of about midway down and you're kind of committed to backdooring that massive slab. There's a few moments it looks like where your board is just kind of doing quite a lot as well. Like uh, rail, you know, there's a bunch of, sort of bit sucking out, particularly on the bottom, it goes a bit below sea level. Is this, do you, how aware are you of that when you're kind of, when you're surfing the wave? But it looks like, I don't want to say sketchy, because it's not really the right word, but do you know what I mean? You see your board and it's kind of, yeah. it, it's frightening. It's around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I mean, that's a, that board specifically, I mean, I've had my Magic 10-footer, which is the kind of the turquoise green one that I got on the, you know, the big wave on the 8th. Um, so this one's a little bit smaller. Actually, it's a lot of bit smaller. It's lower volume. It's a little bit more of a performance gun. You know, it's a 910, so it's a little bit smaller. Not by much, but volume-wise, it's a lot smaller. So it definitely feels the elements a little bit more, but it's also more maneuverable. So it kind of, I think, helped in that sense because it was able to kind of fit in those little weird creases. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm standing there. My legs are narrow. I generally was, you know, if I were to really dissect it, I was like, dude, I should have been lower. I should have been like this and that. You know, I should have been deeper. Yeah. <laughs> All these things. <laughs> Living in the moment, it is. You're just 
reacting, so I don't really even remember any of that stuff happening. All I remember is when I, I turned the corner and and I saw that the wave was just literally going to open up. I just was like, that's when I kind of raised my hands and like all of that stuff kind of came like, wow, this is a, the way of my life. I'm going to enjoy this for the second, you know, and it, it's, yeah, it's uh, something why I think surfing is so popular is that you, you ride a wave and you're not thinking about what you're doing tomorrow and you're not thinking about what happened yesterday. It's literally so in the moment. It's just the purest form. You come out and, you know, you, you almost look then as you kind of, you kind of kick, kick out, you just kind of let the board sink and you're like, well, I guess you just stop processing on it all and kind of taking it all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew at that moment that it was the best way of my life, I think, um, just because of, I'd never been in that position before. And, uh, I also, you know, knew how sketchy it was. And then obviously the reaction from, you know, having kicking out right into John and screaming his lungs out and same with Jamie and everyone else for that matter too. I mean, the whole lineup goes bananas. Um, and so you're just kind of, whoa, that really, I mean, again, I knew it, but then it's kind of solidified by the screams and yells. Uh, and you know, then I'm like, it's just this overload of adrenaline and I'm safe. And that feeling of content moment is, is very clear in the clip. I think (laughs) like, it's just like, wow. Um, incredible. It's a great feeling. I read, um, that, you know, immediately, I think it was Riley that maybe spoke to the later that day or the next day and you kind of yeah. said you were a little bit numb and kind of like you know where do where do i go from here with it like another week or so on that how you how you well, kind no, of process- I didn't have a chance um <laughs> you know because the next day was the 10th right i mean so i literally had a day to kind of and i had to pull myself out of it really <laughs> is what it came down to you start seeing buoy reports you're like oh my gosh it's going to be twice as big tomorrow um you know, I need to get my act together. And so I had to literally like dig myself out of the hole yeah, and, and get myself back onto my two feet and, and get it together for the next day. So, I mean, I, in a way that's kind of a blessing because, you know, I would, cause I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to answer my phone. I, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I just sat in my office and just was like hiding. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, okay, I got to get my shit together. Um, and, and I pulled out of it. And so it kind of put, pulled me out of it. And then, you know, the next kind of days after that, it was just like this whirlwind that, that happened and um, I never really got down again. I kind of just was able to kind of pull through it. So again, the, the universe kind of helped me and by sending us another swell, you know, I didn't have to sit there and deal with it anymore. <laughs> have you been surprised by, I guess, you know, news is, goes around the world pretty quick these days, but I mean, it's on every surf site, TMZ, um, all, all over all sorts of places in the web. And Kelly said, everyone on earth should see this ride. Have you been you know, even how amazing that wave was, have you been a little bit sort of taken aback? I mean, I never would ever have thought at my age I'd be all of a sudden thrust back into being a quote-unquote professional surfer and having to deal with interviews and talking about stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think in a lot of the reason that that specific clip is so cool is that it is a story. I read a piece by Sam George on, I think it was on Inertia, and he, he, he was... He thought that some of the surf sites had gone a bit kind of conservative with their headlines. He was comparing it with, with Laird's Millennium Wave and some of the like the real kind of iconic waves of all time. Certainly in terms of Mavericks, there's never been there's never been a wave like that out there. No, there hasn't. Um, and I think that we've all chatted about it. I mean, all the locals that have, have surfed that area, especially guys like Grant Washburn, um, Twiggy, who's put in a lot of time, Jeff Clark, those all those guys have have noted that it's all a, a line that was something that we had all touched on and talked about 
but actually being brave enough to, to pull and do it. Um, you know, so I feel like in that, in that realm, yes, it, it is probably one of the most historic waves at Mavericks. Now, I don't know where it puts it in historical terms. You know, Kurt kind of said, is that the best wave of surfing of all time? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that, but it is, it definitely is a great wave. If I were to analyze it and it was, you know, someone else, I would say, yeah, it's a pretty good wave. I mean, I'm not trying to be egotistic. It's just, sure. you know, you think about Mavericks as a whole, you know, no one's ever been able to do that. Yeah. Um, and now it's funny because, you know, talking to Twiggy, he, he, he mentioned to me about how, you know, he felt uh, on the 10th that he needed to, you know, up the ante a little bit. You know? And so that's where he kind of went above and beyond because he never wipes out, right? The guy makes all of his waves for right. the most part. I mean, he made, at least he makes the hardest parts of it. So for him to have that tumble on, yeah. uh, on the 10th, you know, he's like, it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, because everyone's trying to, you know, do the next best thing, I guess. And that's kind of why it's, you know, you, you need peers to push you a little bit. Does uh, does being the Mavs goat and being on TMZ does that does that help sling a few a few boards and and tees and wetsuits and stuff? I I would say I hope so, but I don't know if it, that's the you know the reason why our store is doing good because it's it's across the board that retail is doing pretty good for surf industry. Yeah, I mean I, I look at my board racks right now and I have I have more empty slots than I have full slots. Nice, uh, and and that's due to just I mean I think. COVID and the beach being something that people feel safe and I think that's the main reason why retail is there though but yeah I think there's also people wanting to kind of support the business as a, as a whole um, you know reading the stories will get more people in here for sure we've been short on kind of good news stories and 2021's kicked off with the you know got g- g- good energy good mojo going into 2021 Pete yeah I do I, and a lot of it's because I've been able to kind of focus on what's important and that's you know family um, you know, the family business as a whole, uh, that's, it's been important. You know, my mom's not doing great. She's, she's sick. So uh, that's kind of a tough little pill to swallow about, you know, in all of this. Yeah. Um, but I, that's also given me the time. I mean, I originally was slated to, to go to Maui, uh, in early December. Sure. So that decision, I, I, you know, they're like, I was almost getting ready to go. And I finally just said, Hey, am I, my mom's not doing great at that time. She was kind of struggling at that time. Yeah. And I made the decision to not go. And in that decision, I was able to be there at Mavericks. And I think that that snowballed all the way across. Right. So it was like a decision made there just to, to focus on family and being here. Um, it catalyzed the rest of the season into what's happened so far. So it's kind of like, Oh, I've made a pretty good decision there just to, to be here for the family and, and then all of a sudden rewarded with some uh, some opportunities. We quite often mention popular internet-based photo sharing app Instagram. On, uh, on the pod, not always in favourable terms, but today's time I've really been enjoying about um, Insty, and it might be to do a lockdown, the fact that people, you know, are finding old content or, you know, can't do as many trips or whatever, but I've been really enjoying looking at some quite sort of classic, sort of vintage tube style, so there's a lot out there, I've noticed there's a lot of good stuff popping up all the time, photographer over the North Shore, Gordinho, is always putting up pretty good old stuff, there's some classic like Michael Ho, 
where they sort of cheat to five tubes at B-Land or whatever. Um, and then obviously there's a recent uh, Marty MTV's Marty Tuleman's passed away, didn't he? Sort of vintage or veteran Aussie photog. Um, and Tim Baker's been putting up loads of his shots and he's got loads of classic. There's like, there's that really sort of classic like Jason Buttonshaw kind of turquoise one on Akira on the Goldie. What shot? Some epic like rabbit ones. I really enjoy Rab, Rabbit Bartholomew. He does a like, really good pointing in the tube. And like, not, I mean, Michael Ho's a big pointer, but he's a quite sort of straight armed and I don't know, just not, just don't look great. But Rab's got like, does that real kind of, it almost looks like, you know, in American sports, they have those big sort of fingers, you know, like you can cut those foam sort of pointers. <laughs> it kind of looks like he's got like a limp wrist, but a heavy, a heavy index finger. So he does these like cool like points, like a little bit sort of Mick, Mick Jaggery. He's, he's definitely practiced it. But yeah, some wicked, wicked tube stances going on, particularly in that sort of that magic three to four foot range of, of surf where the surf is still sort of, sort of in charge. I guess as you get a bit bigger, the kind of, you know, the magnitude goes up and it's, yeah, it's not so much about, you haven't got so much sort of latitude physically with what you can do. But um, I saw a brilliant, amazing photo of... Uh, Jamaican surfer Ivor Wilmot and he's inside this tube he's kind of on the balls of both his feet and he's it just I just love a kind of unusual unusual looking tube stance um Joel Tudor's Instagram and you know let's give him credit where credit's due because we do give him shit but he, his Instagram's brilliant for this he's always finding like pictures of old lords in like tubes doing like cool like fruity stances with kind of yellow thick boards um there's some good stuff out there and I, I've been really enjoying that I think it's, I think it might be the only my only refuge in sort of sort of surf imagery left that I kind of really enjoy it. Just a just a sort of unusually stance three foot tube. <laughs> That's enough to get me through the um, day, Ben. Yeah. Now on that, now a couple of points. The old, um, which has gone out of fashion, sadly, is the old sort of piece to the camera in the tube. Yeah, double piece. The Jim Banks double yeah, piece, double piece that song. That was always on. And yeah, I mean the standard. You sort of arms behind the back. Um, signaling that you're in, you're in complete control. Of some Oki, Oki Aussie pipe. I've, I think I've told my bicentennial story about that place, haven't I? It was 2000. No, so it was 1988. So it was the Australian bicentennial of the, uh, well, of 200 years since the invasion of Australia. Genocide and, um, day. Yeah, genocide. Gen- the genocide national- party. And um, so we pat. There's obviously there's huge bicentennial shit going on all around Australia. But I paddled out there at at um at Rec Bay or Aussie Pipe. I was obviously as I am today still quite pale, very white. I had white zinc um just plastered all over me. Uh I think I had a white rashy on even. And I paddled, I, I went straight to the inside of course and sat there with all the like the hell like these old locals and uh this um this local turned around and looked at me and he goes, Mate, you're the whitest bloke I've ever seen <laughs> I was like, and I got away. He goes, "You're all right. You stay with me." And then a bit later, this guy got um, he dropped in on me. He goes, "You can shove your bison tanner up your ass." But yeah, I do remember Rick Bay's, uh the Aboriginal, Indigenous Aussie called me the whitest guy he'd, he'd ever seen. And so, for people that aren't aren't familiar with Oz, basically that's a that's like a First Nation Australian settlement nearby, is it? So a lot of the locals out there are actual kind of Indigenous Australians. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a massive um, indigenous community that that act, they actually own the land. They always they hadn't a well, it was one of those enforced uh, camps to start off with, but eventually they um they got the the land rights right. I so mean, 
Ben, they still own all the land, don't they, in Australia? It's just it's just your illegitimate land grab. Yeah, well, 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 as you have, go there. But. No, they don't. Well, they don't actually own it, as they say. They're just custodians for the next generation before the uh, whites come in and stole it. But anyway, uh, the other thing I I'll say about that retro, I also like the um, sometimes they put up the old photos of like, oh, it might be Bar before it was man-made. You know, like the old shots they might put up on Instagram of like you know your home break fifty years ago or D-Bar before all the you know, I just I, I tend to like not look at all the waves, how they've changed, and things like that. Do you ever, do you ever see that? Do you, ever, do you, get, do you get that feeling? I feel enjoy, like maybe enjoy that. Instagram comes to the fore. Surfing is obsessed with its own mythology to the point of it's quite sort of you know never not nauseating. Listening to stories about the good old days, it's almost just some people surf just so they can. Like you start surfing, and then five years later, you start talking about the good old days, and um, you go straight to you go straight to legend, you're from beginner to sort of old timer. But but I think that's yeah, one of the cool things about Insta is, is sort of re, you know resurfacing all those old pics, and even old mags just taking pictures out of a mag and stuff. There's um there's some super cool stuff. I love the tubes. I love the sort of slightly fruity, not not necessarily functional tube stances, but you know, obviously it's it's functional because. You're in the fucking tube, mate. She was 17. She married a preacher man. Well, that's going to wrap things up for part one. Coming up in part two, we're going to go through some of the bads in the surf worlds. And we're going to have a little listen to Harrison Roach. Gave him a shout down there in Australia. Listen to some of his style influences. Don't forget, of course, check out wavelengthmag.com or go to for subscriptions to the magazine. Some brilliant offers with subscriptions, gifts early in this new year. My favourite, my pick of those would be the all-press coffee beans, free coffee beans, delicious. Two premium print editions of the magazine, of course. Also on the store, we've got some brilliant brands such as Rourke, Deus, Altenone, and our own Wavelength branded gear as well. So some pretty cool stuff to check out on the store. But it's not all clothing on there, of course. If you're going down to the woods today, check out the Harry Hatchet from Rourke. That's an axe for all your wood chopping need. You've got a brilliant selection of knives and sort of utensils as well from James and other brands. And once you've got your campfire crackling, you're all rugged up safe and warm in your sustainable surfwear. Can get a delicious brew, a coffee on. We've got coffee makers from Aeropress, as well as of course insulated key cups. All that and much, much more on shop.wavelengthmag.com. Let me go. Let's get on with the show. Enough of this. Enough of this positivity. Twenty twenty one is just it's just twenty twenty in a trench coat, uh, with its pubes on fire. Uh, I just spoke to literally my next door neighbour about the vaccine. He's like, I'm not having it. I was like, Oh fucking hell. I've been caught against my better judgment in a few like anti vax arguments. Yeah, I did with, notice like, I saw that and I gave it a little oh, I did like one eyebrow. The, I was like oh. the like the fringes not even the fringe, they're like the quite mainstream members of the Australian surf community. I'm just like Oh, really? Do I, A, why are they doing it? B, why am I fucking getting involved? Yeah. And C, what, what state are we in where this is, you know, ready away? I like, yeah. What I like is, in, I mean, 
the sort of passive the passive aggressive endings where you pretend to all be all cordial go anyway mate hope all's well yeah. <laughs> take hope care and then you really go yeah and you really think you fucking can't <laughs> hope, you, hope you die covid you fucking freak <laughs> are you talking about your comment beef on facebook with veteran australian photographer jason childs i had one with childsy and then i had another one today with another photographer as well another one you yeah. didn't you didn't learn your lesson I didn't. I just could not resist. I could not. Was it resist. like? Was it like how many people die from cancer? Well, then, that's yeah, that was. Oh, no, this one was like twenty reasons not to have it. And then he he quoted who quoted from the person who wrote it. And I looked on the line, and in her Instagram handle, one of her titles was "Wellbeing Alchemist." And I thought, well, I don't know, head of virology for Oxford or a a well-being alchemist. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> my neighbor as i was saying my neighbor is talking a few anecdotes quite rapid fire but he's he's having his house redone he's put another store in there. he's like yeah my my tyler my tyler said and i was like you know that's i'm not, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be an expert on sort of viruses but yeah he's he does roof he's a roofer what would be called a roofer in english and then he's like yeah the some other guy the cement guy was saying and i was like yeah are they are they your go-to sources like well, it's like it, it's on that sort of uh, on that sort of note. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw in the news it was did the rounds that um, uh, a manatee is that the, the correct pronunciation manatee. of the um, manatee manatee, yeah. manatee yeah. which is like a sort of dugong kind of elongated seal type creature. Anyway, it was found in the uh, Florida waters with Trump, the the word Trump. Um, <laughs> on its back graffitied onto its back and then the person who found it just took a photo and put up on the on the social media saying you know look at this this has gone too far blah 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 anyway um kook of the day they're usually pretty good and pretty apolitical just you know putting on funny shit they put that up and said check out this mutilation and i just i um read some of the comments and it was you know there was as it turns out i think that the whoever's done this has done it just by wiping the algae off off the uh, manatee's back it hasn't actually carved any with the knife but even still ah. <laughs> even so i mean that's and these people are arguing about whether that constitute mutilation uh did antifa start it is this a left-wing conspiracy is it news fake news storming a teacup or something bigger and i was just like this perfectly sums up where america and probably the world is right now people are arguing about the graffiti on the back of a fucking manatee and i was like God help us all, Paul. God well, help us all. That's good news if it's just in the algae. It's a bit like your, sort of ki- your, your kids transfer tattoos then, which incidentally, <laughs> yeah. my kids, all three of them went to school this morning with tattoos on their I'd put them on their necks just to be extra gnarly. Spiderweb. Uh, yeah, well, no, I was flicking through. I was actually flicking through an old surfer's journal. I'm sort of re-archiving my magazines that have been in a box. And I, I was actually looking, I was flicking through an, an article I wrote in an old surfer's journal. I was just enjoying it. <laughs> Sort of chuckling along. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's pretty good stuff. This, um, but anyway, there was a there was an article there with an Aussie tattoo guy that Jed Smith had done, and I didn't realise I hadn't opened the mag before. There's a free little pack of tats in there, some sick ones, like kind of cartoons of classic surfers. So Zaki got a David Nuheva kind of with his <laughs> with his bowl cut doing like a soul arch bottom turn on his neck. So um, relevant. And jo- Joey got a George Greeno, George Greeno sort of from behind in the tube. Nice, um, nice. And Purse just got the Surface Journal logo. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, 
but they've gone with tats on their necks, which is which is pretty fucking cool if you ask me. I, I did sp- speak to Matt Biolis um, for an interview for the WSL, oh, and it was, <laughs> it was just after just after that. Can I just <laughs> say I don't I don't like that at all. I like there's nothing about him I like. Oh, hey, I he, zero. I um he makes me laugh actually. I, he, <laughs> but anyway, he did he. The capital stuff. It was the day after. I said, oh, "I hope you're all, you know, good." He goes, "Ah, you know, it's all fucking media bullshit." And I was like, "Okay, um, yeah, back to the concave." Um, <laughs> just, just, yeah. Anyway, so Chloe, um, yeah, what, what, what? Uh, six three, six four. Like, just desperately trying to like stay in my lane, bro. I'm like gonna revisit the uh, the Moana Wong sort of tatty West dropping beef that went down. <laughs> Uh, there's quite a lot to unpick here and some and some stuff to chat about women uh the bonsai, etc. Um first of all, I I'll admit I didn't didn't know much about Moana or anything. I hadn't heard of her, so I had a little flick through and like just I thought she looked quite young in the in the pic and then the sort of third picture is her in her wedding dress. It's like bloody hell. So sort of got married at eighteen or something. But um they do that in America, don't they? Which I don't know, quite, it just seems quite Christian. Yeah, just quite sort of Young, really, but anyway, you know, hey, wh- whatever, whatever you're into. But oh, I would, if she had just asked for my advice, I'd probably say, you know, just play, you know, see what happens, keep your options open for another 10 to 15 years. But yeah, um, beef with Tatty, uh, Tatty seemed quite sorry, didn't she? But I stabbed at the thing where they sort of did a lip read, guessed the thing, and then I saw, I saw a good little thread, a few of the heavies waded in from the North Shore, kind of. <laughs> Questioning stabs, or not being fuckwits kind of thing. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Seems a bit of a shame, because I felt like there was kind of a bit of a positive story sort of bubbling under at one point uh, around women at, at Pipe and, and this sort of thing. Did you, what was your view on the on the women at the Pipe Masters? Ben, I, mean, I think the general kind of takeaway was that, was that no one got... No one actually got barrelled at the Pipeline Masters. Is that is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, I think Carissa got barrelled, didn't she? She's um she's clearly the best out there by some some stretch. I saw I saw her get a really good barrel yesterday or the day before. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw it from a, a drone. But a, uh, yeah, and some stills yeah, like getting one. spat out at back door. Mm. But apart from that, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there was you do get heats. Yeah, they didn't get barreled. They just don't know the way. They're just out, out completely well, out. I mean, in getting waves out there is so hard. Obviously, I mean for anyone. But if you never surf a joint and it's confronting, I can see how. Um, yeah, that was always going to be a problem. I didn't watch many of the women's seats. Someone got in touch with me and said a lot. Look, a few of the commentators on there, a few of the legends on there from the women's side, KR, the Kennelly, and a few other people, and they were essentially, you know, having a bit of a whinge at the, at the world turf. It doesn't put them. And he was like, well, they're literally out there right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why you, you're on the mic. But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Is it is it up to the world surfing to put the event on to let them practice? Surely they practice first and then when they can do it, they get the event. I mean, I don't know. I just I thought that maybe is one area that you probably couldn't say was the Wazzle's fault. I mean, you, they just get out there practice, don't they? And then when they do it, they then when yeah. they Anyway, uh, I, yeah, uh, maybe the bad part of this, I guess I'm saying, is that that's, that maybe did seem the sort of the most watched and engaged with part of the whole thing was <laughs> was that drop, and it wasn't a very big wave. I've seen some sick ones, though, since then for, of, of Moana, just on her feed. There's some great water shots, I think, yesterday. Um, 
but I, I'll just revisit my thing. It's super high out there at, at pipe gateways for anyone, although people still sort of manage manage to do it, don't they? But I, I suppose my my point is with, with the women. But one thing that you don't see a lot of is there's a whole load of Indo edits. So I sick one recently, Kira Pinkerton. We don't see a load. I don't, I, you know, I've said this to you before. I often wonder why some of the better women don't just go to Indo for three months, pay a coach ten grand, and just you know get the mints, you know, and just like. Just do that. I mean, if you can't, obviously it's hard to get ways on the North Shore, but you can still get some pretty, some pretty gnarly ways in the mentors. You can get as barreled as you, as you want, you know? I just wonder why they don't, maybe they don't do that a bit. I don't know if it's the Wazzle's fault for not putting on a pipe masters for women for the last 30 years. Yeah, yeah I think those young, the Groms, that's what's starting to happen now. The Groms are going there, aren't they? Like the young teenage girls, are, that's meant those trips are starting to, just they're just getting used to it but yeah i think it's next generation never got that so looking back on the bonsai and the sort of truncated well it wasn't truncated it was elongated but the little wazzle stint um the, the mikey rightly of surf off ben uh wazzle obviously picked up on my idea about about the surf off they, they got it slightly wrong i i suggested doing it the the surfer not in a qualifying spot from the tour takes on the surfer in a spot from the qs uh in a sudden death Winner takes all surf off at the bonsai. They, they did it with those two for the injury wild cards. It's still good. Um, the only problem is like, Leo won. That's one problem. Leo won. But the other one is Mikey got, I think Mikey got in anyway. Like, so that's the whole point of it was like, the winner takes all. Like, one of them doesn't get on the CT. But I think because of like injuries or replacements, or Mikey's going to surf anyway. So, I mean, that's good. But I just thought, well, what was the fucking point in it then? <laughs> Why don't they do it between Leo and whoever wasn't going to get in? You know, whoever's next one down. Do you know what I mean? Like really decide. Yeah. Or between Mikey and whoever that, whatever it was, I didn't I didn't really get why you would have that and then them not getting in. And I was also a bit annoyed that Leo won because, <laughs> you know, it sort of feels slightly conflicted as, as the voice of European surfing. But I, I, wanted, I wanted Mikey, to, yeah, I wanted Mikey to win. I begrudge Leo quite a lot of his achievements. So there's no reason for it really, isn't there? He's never wronged me or anything, you know, he's a nice guy and sort of, you know, I know his, you know, him and his family and stuff and they're all cool, but I just, I don't know, I just, his achievements, I, I, I don't I don't sort of share in them. Yeah, I don't really have the invo- emotional sort of buy-in. Ben, are you, are you pleased when he does well or do you actually go, yeah, sort of grit your teeth a bit. I'm, I'm in the second camp. I'll probably um, no, I'm not as extreme as you. I do think both of those guys are kind of like just it's it's so carefully cultivated their images that they're both kind of they've got a, it, it it sort of makes them less like you know likable than they that they perhaps could be. Um, but you know, he's I think as many people pointed out, Paul, it's just all that hard work and just for, for such a humble guy that like Leo is that. Just to get that ultimate prize was, uh, yeah, it was it was heartwarming. Just the humbleness, just the humble humbleness of it all. Would you would you say Mikey's image is cultivated though? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is who he is, but it's just sort of, you know. I mean, you just he's go, he goes full bogan for a reason, doesn't he? He's not like that's who you know. That, I mean, fair play. That that's the kind of way he does go around shooting animals with rifles. He does have a mullet, and he does speak in a syntax that uh, is hardly recognisable but um, it's still cultivated isn't it and uh, you got to be that's how you make your, your coin uh, outside of competition Ben uh, but still in the land down under I dawned a whatsapp call recently for a piece for wavelengthmag.com with Harrison Roach um, 
Harry Roach, the brand ambassador for Rourke, uh, which is available uh, from the Wavelength store. Have you checked out the Wavelength store? Some great brands on there, Ben. Yeah. Some, some brilliant gear. Some very cool stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah, Harry, I know him well. He's a very cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you wrote a piece about him a few years ago, which I actually quite enjoyed. I was, oh, I was quite surprised. It was, it was quite a, I thought it was quite a, no, and it was quite an accomplished piece. I remember at the time thinking, oh, this as is for actually, surfer, was it? I think. Yeah, I remember at the time thinking this is actually quite good. Um, but I've, I found him might talk about some of his style influences. One morning straight away comes to mind. It's Dane Peterson. Yeah. Um, because he's just one of the most technical, you know, small wave longboarders ever, and he's so smooth and. Yeah, you know, just just perfect style. His toes are always, you know, he's he's got lift. I don't know something about watching Dane at Noosa, and I grew up doing that. I was fortunate enough to do that, and I still sort of think back on it. But hey, he's next level. <clears throat> he rides these boards like I um actually got really into like rail design after looking at his boards and riding them when I was uh, like eighteen or so. They were the first kind of long logs I'd ever ridden, but they weren't your typical Californian logs. They had like an upturned um, rail off the bottom yeah, um, with or without concave and just seemed, and like his boards are kind of based off like the old Peter Clark's, like which is an Australian old male shaper. Right. All the boards, 368. Um, there's some fantastic long boards still getting around and I know Dane had one and that's kind of where, in my mind, he got his inspiration from for, for that board. But when he nose rides, something to do with the rail shape and rocker. Lots of people seem to think it's like to do with how wide your board is and you need a really wide nose yeah. or a really wide tail to get lift. But when you're standing hanging 10 and, you know, the board lifts into the air and you can see, like, basically the higher and tighter you are in the wave, the more technical the nose ride is and Dane's like second to none really in that regard he just seems to fit himself into the tightest steepest pockets and you can just see it, it's like that full walking the plank style thing like boards levitating love that about longboarding wise with his surfing it's pretty hard to do where where could we see him what clips or is there like a movie that particular one if you just you know youtube him mate that's what yeah. you do these days google him yeah. comes up on youtube or vimeo <laughs> should be able to find something i imagine put me put me back in my fucking box and just fucking google it you idiot basically <laughs> okay classic harry i first met harry when i did the um when the asp as it was known then world longboarding event was on an anglet and he came over and he was like 15 i think and he got to this i think he got to the quarters or semis and anyway, I interviewed him after one of the heats and he said, <laughs> he's this young kid, he went, if I see one more fucking Brazilian do a floater, I'm going to be fucking sick. Like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this kid's got some, um, yeah, he's got some staunch opinions. It's okay, Paul. So, you, you know, we, uh, you know me, I, I love a quote uh, and, and I love a quiz. Combining all my loves, Paul, I've, we're going to come up. We've played it once before. The title of the quiz was called What Can't Said That? Um, and it's the best of 2020, Paul. Quotes. I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to read out 10 quotes from the course of 2020. I'm going to ask you to uh, you know, provide the, who, who said it. I'm giving this, Paul, it's an easy quiz. I'm going to give you a par of seven. Par seven? You, what? 
It's a par seven. If you get over seven, um, you get to choose your own song. Do you know what that would be, Paul? Yeah, of course I do. I'm going to go for the uh, classic Brazilian. He kind of pretty much invented the genre called Tropicalia. But I'm going to go for Tom Zay and his absolute sort of madcap banger of a tune called Jimmy Rendasi. Jimmy Rendasi by Tom Zay. That'll be my tune if I get seven or more. Okay, and if you don't, uh, six or less, then I'm going to choose a song, Grace Jones's William's Blood, which if that doesn't get you sort of cockles burning, your taps, your toes tapping and, and your heart warming, then you, you're, you're fucking dead to me. Number one, I didn't go out there expecting to catch the biggest wave of my life. It felt big, but when you were riding waves out here, you don't look behind you. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, is this a really recent one? No. You were at this event. I'll give you a clue. Uh, okay, so I'm guessing it's rolling. Nazare, uh, unless it was the Santa Cruz QS3000. Kyle Lenny. Correct. Hey, all gone. It's been the weirdest day. New, new quote. It's been the weirdest day. Who goes surfing at 10 p.m. at night? But, when, but to end what has been a real bummer of a day in Melbourne, I'm going to surf. Uh, 10 p.m. at night? Yeah. What? Surfing in Melbourne at 10 p.m. at night. Uh, and he's quite a famous character, this guy. I mean, is he surfing the urban surf wave? Yes, he is. Is it uh, Thor? What's he called? Liam Hemsworth? No, it's not. It's uh, Lewis Hamilton, seven times Formula One champion. Mm, yuck. I'm, glad, I'm actually glad I didn't get that. Number three. The next thing I can remember is hearing voices on the beach. Then when I first opened my eyes, I was in the ambulance. The first people I saw was my girlfriend and Hugo at the door. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm alive. The big man, the legend from Lagos in the Algarve, that's Alex Botello. That is correct. Number four. When you have the two best surfers going for a world title in the water, even the most tangential surf fans will be captured by that moment. These moments that break out of the surfing ecosystem, that get across national news and global news, these are the moments that we are trying to build. I'm going to... I don't think I've heard this before, but I'm going to have a wild stab. Is it Eric Elo Logan? It is. Obviously, before before he got COVID um, and uh, I, jeopardised the whole tour in itself. I was say, tangential is a little bit... Bit of a big word for um, Mr. Middle America kind of target, isn't it? Bloody hell, yeah. almost put me off a bit. I was like, well, hang on, what does that mean? But anyway, okay, yep, I'll take that. Three from three from four. Oh, this is a, this is a gimme. I would love to win eight. Eight's a great number. The Olympics would have taken priority this year, and that's really what I wanted to focus on the most. But yeah, I think I've got plenty of juice in the tank, and I'd love to be able to keep evolving. That's what if she... If the, this person wants eight, I'm assuming it's Stephanie Gilmore? That, that is correct. Stephanie Gilmore, is she evolving? I, I mean, that means I just... I mean, to sort of editorialise on your quiz. I'm not sure she's particularly evolving, if I'm if I'm being honest. She's getting a, I think she's a little bit stuck with that one. Sort of like carving top turn. And that, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Is, is she evolving? Don't know. Don't know. I mean, if you've got a blueprint for success, then... You know, you just stick to it, I suppose. That's a very, that's a very naughty inside joke there from Rundine. Whether yeah. in the barrel at Pipeline or in the shallow end of the Pennsylvania pool, Derek Ho personified the spirit of a wine surfing. Proud, loyal, a bit reckless at times, but almost always dignified 
and true to the essence of why we ride waves. That was someone writing a eulogy about Derek Ho, but who was that surf journalist? I'm going to go with Warshaw. Sam George, I'm afraid. Bit of a tricky one, that one. Okay, wow, I didn't even know he was still in the game. It turned out, just by luck, that surf spots were the perfect thing to take photos of from space. When the sun would glint off the swell, you could literally see the swell direction coming in at these world-class, famous waves. I mean, it's not... This isn't my answer. It's not, it's not Dr. Tim Peake, the British, British astronaut. That, it's um, not, but it's very, very close. So someone else is sort of spacey. Very much so. Someone's, someone is Ke- someone is Kevin. It's. I mean, who's someone's taking photos from outer space and talking about it, basically. I didn't know anyone else was spacey. Is it Elon Musk? <laughs> no, that would be good. Uh, no, it's Christina Koch. She's a uh, astronaut. The fuck's? You never heard of Christina Which? Koch? Look, fuck happened. No. Hey, hey, mate, fucking Google it. Um, yeah, she's a famous <laughs> astronaut. She surfs all the time. She like was talking to Kelly Slater live from actual space. Thought you know, thought you would mm. know about that. Uh, I haven't been abreast of space happening since about '86. <laughs> I had a little, I had a little NASA phase in the '80s, like every kid did. But yeah, since I was about 10, I don't think I've really been that into sort of space stuff that much. But I'm not saying uh, it's a conspiracy and why is there wind in the moon, etc. Let's not get into that, Ben. So I'll, I'll let you say that from Facebook in your own time. Um, um, oh, God. So I've got three wrongs. So I can't get any more wrong if I want to hear Tom Z. Very true. These um, are hard. Yeah, they are quite hard. Today, I'm taking a knee in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. I'll knee for 439 seconds. One second for every First Nation person in Australia who has lost Tyler their Wright. lives. Correct. Tyler Wright. And good honour as well for doing yeah, that. Wicked. Um, I don't, okay, number nine. I decided to smile about it, even though I'm deeply hurt to be subjected to a decision that, that I believe is totally unfair. I'm especially disappointed and ashamed of this World Surf League, which claims to represent, represent our sport. Justine Dupont. Oh, wee wee. Um, and you can read a great interview with Justine that I did called Performance Not Politics uh, with Justine Dupont on the Wavelength site, mate. I mean, you got to feel for it because you just look at every, like, Maya Gabira is on the front of the Times. Like, I mean, her career, just because of that arbitrary decision, has obviously gone through the roof and... I feel for Justine, but hey-ho, read the article, make up your own mind. Okay, Paul, so it comes down to the last one. Well, this is a cliffhanger, isn't it? If you get this right... This is the surf off at Pipe, isn't it? This is, this <laughs> this is, is Mikey, it. this is Leo. It's, a, this is a... it's, actually got, it's actually got more jeopardy than the surf <laughs> off at Pipe. He whipped <sighs> me in, and as I went over the ledge, it felt like a normal 30-footer. Then I kept dropping and dropping for an eternity, and the wave kept growing taller and taller. The thing was, it was smooth, green, and buttery. I just had to stand there. It was so perfect. All right, we've already had Kylanis. It can't be that. I can't think of any big towing waves really that happened, particularly as well, you're, I go. You're on the right track. You're thinking of big towing waves would be where I would it's, start. Yeah, I'm gonna just have to go with the Mavs goat, the Condor from the other day. I mean, you said it was 2020, but sometimes your question writing does fall foul of its own rules. 
I'm gonna go with the Mavs goat, the Condor. Gonna go for Pete now. Paul, you've missed out. It was the Irishman, the little, the little fella, Conor McGuire. Oh, mother fuck, <laughs> fuck. The biggest weight written last year, oh, or the fuck best. This. this is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I thought classic, it'd be classic Monday to get his own sort of question, sort of rules wrong. And so I was more thinking about you and not thinking enough about Conor. Uh, you, you know what you did, Paul? You played the, um, the player, not the game. <laughs> oh, I might just play my fucking song anyway, since I'm going to edit this. Thanks for continuing to make It's Not The Length part of your on-demand audio schedule. Guess we'll be reconvening in around about a month's time for the next pod. We might be convening in the famous... Famous? The famous shores of Nazire, Portugal, to watch the world's best toe surfers, not including Con fucking Maguire, little cunt. Um, uh, um, yeah, we might we might be there holding holding the running the show. Um, let's hope that happens. God, I could do it at cash. Yeah, yeah, Paul. I hope to see you there. Um, yeah, I mean, bring it on, bring on those big waves. Um, I'm Paul Evans, signing off, reminding you to enjoy yourselves. It's Lazy Fee. And Ben would like to reaffirm a consistent message from Get a dog up, yes. Destaque, 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 destaque
Kamon. But Hockey, 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 Hockey.